0: Hello friends and take a stroll with us to WGT Pebble Beach hole number three and make sure in order to do that and taking those strolls with us to Pebble Beach hole number three you download the WGT app go to freewgt.com to download the app and play Pebble Beach hole number three with us this week that's what we're doing this week and this is is the final week to do it. We will have a prize for the winner of Pebble Beach Hole Number 3, Closest to the Hole Challenge. And also, we will have a grand prize winner announced this week. So what do you have to do? You go to FreeWGT.com, download the app, then go into the app and go to the Closest Game Modes, then go to Pebble Beach, Closest to the Hole Challenge, and play the third hole on Closest to the Hole Challenge. Send us a screenshot to DNVR Broncos, of how close you were to the hole, and the closest person will win the weekly prize for this week, which we'll announce at the end of this week. And let's say you're not very good, like myself, still send us a screenshot and it enters you into the grand prize, which we will announce this week. Either your tickets, e- either your choice of tickets to a game, or a jersey of your choice. So make sure. You send us those screenshots. Play this week because we're wrapping up this week. All right, let's hop into the show. Broncos country is Sitting- Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. Mace, how you doing today? I'm doing very well. If you remember the film Draft Day, you know how Kevin
1: Costner's GM character yep. among a cast of general managers who should have all been fired <laughs> for things they did over the course oh, of that movie.
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> kept saying, we live in a different world now than we did a few minutes ago. We live in a different world now than we did yesterday (laughs) because we're sitting here talking about the potential trade of Emmanuel Sanders, but we're now talking about it in the wake of the Patriots being off the market after executing a trade with the Atlanta Falcons for Mohamed Sanu, a second-round pick going to the Atlanta Falcons, who are clearly in teardown mode in many ways after dropping to 1-6 with that blowout loss to the Rams over the weekend, and Matt Ryan being injured on top of that. So the Patriots are off the Emmanuel Sanders market, but at the same time, you have another receiver who is in his 30s, in Mohamed Sanu. He had another year left on his contract, but fine, you look at Sanu, look at him compared to Emmanuel Sanders, and say, okay, if Sanu is worth a two, probably fair to say Emmanuel Sanders is worth a third-round pick.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what. Bill Belichick needs some StravaCraft coffee this morning after beating – the Jets late last night, then turning around before even people in Denver are awake and making this trade for the Atlanta Falcons. And of course, Strava Craft Coffee is our presenting sponsor. Uh, the CBD-infused, enriched coffee is great for everything. It's great for the morning, it's great for late night when Bill was probably drinking it, it's great for the afternoon, great for the evening, great for right now when you're playing wgt and it's also perfect when you're thinking about where emmanuel sanders is going to go and so if you want to get in on strava craft coffee make sure you use the code dnvr and you'll receive 20 percent off so hit that code dnvr for 20 percent off and as strava says drink deeply live fully and mace you touched on it muhammad sanu is living fully today as he goes from the one in six Atlanta Falcons to the undefeated. Is it seven and zero or are they six and zero? Seven and zero Patriots. Seven and zero Patriots getting to play with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and a team that just came off a thirty-three to zero beatdown. Where I'll tell you, Sanu's probably happy he's going to the Patriots and not the Jets. As after the game, I can't believe Sam Darnold said this. He said he's seeing ghosts out there. Well, we are close to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> boy, that's a spooky thing for your quarterback to
1: say. Was he seeing ghosts in his system when he was dealing with mono <laughs> back in September? Boy, it's been a rough go in every way, shape, and form for uh, Sam Darnold this year. And uh, look, that that result's going to be the outlier for him. Yep. And he played well against the Cowboys last week. Um I think this is sort of the intersection of the Jets being a team with a new coach, working Sam Darnold back in after Mono, not really being on the same page in a lot of ways. And the Patriots, I think right now, this looks like the best Patriot team under Bill Belichick.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is a scary thought.
1: Only challenged once by Buffalo.
0: Right.
1: 16 10 Patriots win in Buffalo. They play again in Week 16. By the way, we're going to find out if fi- about the scheduling of five of those Week 16 games, including Broncos-Lions, coming up here in the next uh, eight to ten days or so. You'd have to imagine that Bills at Patriots is going to be pegged for one of those prime slots probably on Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, you'd probably think the Rams 49ers is going to be on Saturday as well. I'd say it's trending toward the Broncos-Lions being <laughs> a uh, sun, a regular playing Jane Sunday game rather than anything special on, on Saturday. But, yeah, the Bills are the only team that's been competitive with the Patriots. They have two shutouts this year, two more games where they gave up only a field goal or a touchdown. Oh,
0: my gosh. New
1: England, Zach, Zach. <laughs> has allowed 3, 14, 17, 27, 34, 48 points in seven games. They're allowing
0: (laughs) less than a touchdown per game. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: In this era of football, this offensive-centric era, the Patriots, for this era, look like they have an all-time defense.
0: Yep. Yep, and before the season started, I heard a national person who's an East Coast guy said, Tom Brady, and it was a little bit of a joke, mm-hmm. said Tom Brady might be the weak link, weak, weak link in this Patriots team, and I thought, oh my gosh, stop it, that's absurd. <laughs> I mean, it's not looking that crazy right now with how good this defense is looking, and that's why, you know what, I'll stand by my bold prediction, 19-0 Patriots. Tom Brady, the weak link. Well, (laughs) his completion
1: percentage is right in line with where it was last year, but his QBR has dropped from 79.1 in 2016
0: to 73.2, 66.6, and now 60.0. Ooh, so he's almost average.
1: His passer rating is 94.8, down from 97.7. Last year. Wow. And then the year before, it was 102.8. And back in 2016, it was
0: 112.2. Mm. So. Boy, it's scary if this is his year and he's still doing this. <laughs>
1: yeah, he in terms of his uh, passer rating right now, he's right there nestled between Drew Brees. Of course, he only uh, played the first game and a half. So among quarterbacks with. At least 100 attempts, he's nestled between Gardner, Minkshu, and Case oh, Keenum. Oh, oh, no way.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep, I'll still stick with 19-0, though, being their wink, weak link is Tom Brady. And Mace, uh, you, you, you set it up perfectly earlier at the start of the show. How My, my question to, to bring it back to Muhammad Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders is how much better and how much more valuable – is Sanu than Emmanuel Sanders? Well, with Sanu, it's all about the contract. Mm. He's uh, over the
1: next over the next year. It's going to be nine point five three million dollars total for which the Patriots are on the hook. Wow, there's another two point two four million, but that's the accelerated bonus. The Falcons are going to assume that. So, you're talking about getting him for nine point five three million for a year and a half. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, whichever team trades for him, will assume uh, a little under $6 million of what's left on this year's deal. Okay. If they trade for him now, if you uh, cut that down um, and make the trade a week from now, then that's going to be closer to $5 million than $6 million right now. It's 5970588 is what they'd assume. The, bo- the Broncos would assume what's left of the bonus, but they've already accounted for that on this year's cap, so that really wouldn't right. affect them either way. The Falcons had an acceleration because because Sanu had another year left on his deal. The um, Same time, which player would you rather have in terms of production?
0: Emmanuel Sanders. Right. I, I, I thought I was missing something with Mohamed Sanu when I woke up this morning and found out it was a second-round pick. I actually had to check a different source just to make sure that it wasn't a typo or something.
1: Yeah, Sanu ha- doesn't have any 1,000-yard seasons on his resume, uh, even uh, last year, playing all 16 games for the Falcons, right. uh, 66 catches, 838 yards, and four touchdowns. Just look at Sanders in his last 16 games, and seven of those are post-Achilles. 82 catches, 966
0: yards. Mm, yep, and and look at the quarterbacks that both of them are playing mm. with. Matt Ryan, I, I think he's... I, I always thought he was a little overrated, but he puts up the stats. He puts up the yards. I know at least—
1: He actually has a higher passer rating than Tom Brady.
0: (laughs) Oh, wild. And I think it was a a week or two ago, I don't know if it still stands, he had the most passing yards in the NFL. He had to because he was playing from behind. Exactly. So it's not like Sanu's been tearing it up even this year with it. He has fewer receiving yards than Emmanuel Sanders.
1: Yeah, Atlanta's problem is that they have a truly horrific defense. Yeah. So Mohamed Sanu's going— to a place that is the exact opposite (laughs) of what he's just experienced in Atlanta, Uh, a defensive juggernaut as opposed to a defensive sieve that they have with the (laughs) the Falcons. But, yeah, with Sanu and what he's done historically and the fact that Sanders has shown he's all the way back from the Achilles, he has his quickness. And this is where I will credit Emmanuel Sanders for those snippets that he put out of himself rehabbing. Yep. Get it, yeah, it's only a tease here and there, but it gives every team a chance to see where he was in his rehab, to watch his mo- to mobility and quickness and start and stop. They can say, okay, this is where he was in May. This is where he was in June. This is where he was in July. You can get watch the film and see where he is over the last couple of months. So you can see that progression from him. I'm actually encouraged by this for the Broncos because the goal was yeah. to get a second day pick. I've said all along it's more likely a third-rounder, and in fact, my story on thednvr.com, which I'm revising the chances of teams getting him in the wake of the Patriots trade, I've been looking at this as a third-round pick all along, and that's why it gets interesting for some teams because let's say the Texans, for example, make a deal. Yep. They have an extra third-round pick next mm. year but they don't have a first and they don't have a fourth <laughs> because of trades they made for Laramie Tunsil and Duke Johnson. So are they going to be in the market or are they going to throttle back? The Texans are interesting because they might say, we're going to just hang tight for now and maybe we'll see if we can get Emmanuel Sanders to come home in March.
0: Mm. So did the did the Texans have two third-round picks? Because they dealt a third-round pick. I don't know if it was in the future to uh, to get the Raiders – now back. they
1: oh yes, right so now they have one so they
0: because Gary and Conley yes. right so they man could you imagine if they do that and they just they trade all of their draft picks hey I guess you don't need a general manager to do, to draft if you're just gonna have have no draft picks this is true <laughs> <laughs> New
1: Orleans is another one to talk about because mm. uh, they don't have a second round pick next year now with okay. what we've seen on snoo okay it's fine the price is the third but the Sean Payton want to trade basically his entire day two right of the 2020 draft having already sent the second round of Miami as part of the Eric McCoy trade.
0: Saints are interesting because
1: And San Francisco doesn't have a second round pick either. Although the mm. 49ers the 49ers look like they're in go for it mode. Yeah. Right now. Yeah they do. And the reason why, I, even before this Sanu trade, I had the 49ers as the favorite because you have a, a long history of John Lynch and John Elway making deals. Yep. The lines of communication between those two are always open. And Emmanuel Sanders is clearly what this team is missing. Yep. It's George Kittle at tight end, but you get to wide receiver— they don't have any wide receiver on pace for even 500 yards this year. Wow. They desperately wow. need Emmanuel Sanders. Oh. Wow. It makes so much sense
0: for the Niners to get Sanders. So with the Patriots, obviously that second-round pick, probably at the very, very end of the second round, especially if my 19-0 comes true. Um, so kind of an in, in early third, late second round. But now with these other teams – these other teams are obviously still in win now mode. So, are you still viewing it as maybe a second round pick for these from these teams, or are you viewing it as a third? And in reality, those are going to be very late third round picks.
1: You're still viewing it as a third, but maybe you can get a, a day three sweetener. Hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe yep. a
1: third and a fifth
0: to kind of make it equivalent to a mid third pick. Yes. Right. Right. I think so too. And this trade really encouraged, the the Sanu trade really encourages me that it won't be a fourth round pick. And just because of the news coming out, I thought that hurt Emmanuel Sanders' value out there. But now, with clearly teams wanting to trade for wide receivers right now and Sanu going for a second, I think the Broncos will get their wish and will get a day three pick. And. how, how much does a team want to pay to rent Emmanuel Sanders? Now, they could uh, bring him in and hope some signing him to a long-term contract. But with Emmanuel, teams have to understand, you're not going to get a hometown discount from Emmanuel. You're, you're going to have to pay him big time after this season. And Houston may think they can
1: get Sanders at a hometown discount, but I don't know about that. Yep. The only discount Houston may get is
0: no state income tax. Hmm. Which could be sizable. I'm always shocked that, that teams with without that don't do better. You think
1: Miami isn't going to be playing that up when they hit the market with all their money in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, especially when they can tell guys, you know, we're gonna have Tua and we're gonna have him on cost control for five years.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I don't know. And how... so we can give this money to you if yep. Tua does what we expect him to do, yep. this thing can get turned around pretty quickly. Miami is rolling the dice on Basically doing a 180 with Tua, with the money they're going to have in the market. And again, because they'll have the number one overall pick, barring something completely unforeseen, they'll be able to sit there and tell all their guys, we're getting Tua. This is your quarterback.
0: Yep, yep. And as John Elway sits in his office, hopefully getting call after call, hitting him, hitting his phone line from many, many teams, and that trade value just goes up. You should probably be sipping on some Breckenridge beer. And, John, it's a great time for a Vanilla Porter, or as Mace coined it, the Michael Vanilla Porter Jr. Uh, it Colorado Core, I mean, come on. It, it turned fall here in Colorado in about five days. So you go down to the Apple Patch, right? Orchard. <laughs> and pick up yourself some Colorado Core. Their beers you cannot go wrong how about the avalanche ale going on right now uh, especially with the abs doing well this is the colorado beer for whatever you like and it, it truly is colorado and i know you all love colorado so make sure you check them out and then after john's had maybe one too many breckenridge brews he can call it vita mobile IV, and our own ryan koningsberg it did that And had an awesome experience with that. Of course, he ordered that the day after we had our Broncos draft party in the preseason. And he was feeling rough when he woke up. But Vita Mobile IV came to his apartment, came there, and helped him feel better. Just in half an hour. And Vita Mobile IV will come to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. It's made up of professionals that are passionate about preventative health and benefits of an IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. So how you do it is you download their app and they'll help you recover right away. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. And don't forget to use the promo code HYD20 to save 20% off your first IV drip. Then visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. Again, that's HYD20 to receive 20% off. All right, Mace, should we listen? Sh- sh- should we hear from the people, see what they have to say? Because I'm, I'm sure they want to dive into the Muhammad Sanu trade a little bit too.
1: I'm sure they do, so let's waste no time. We have another strong roster of comments. How many are we looking at right <laughs> now, Zach?
0: 24 as okay. of now. 24 comments and some long ones. Exactly. C- curiously long comments. And speaking of long ones, this first one. Coming in from Mark IT Snatch. He says, hey, guys, you swore by it all summer and I finally tried star- strawberry sky. I don't like Colches nor fruit beer that aren't jaw clenching sour. This is absolutely delightful, crisp and refreshing. That's what I'm talking about, Mark. Again, I'm sorry for the rant and for a question better suited for the off-season. It does feel like we're starting at a deep ravine of suckitude or staring at a deep ravine of suckitude in our nearing or at At the point of no return. This is not unlike the Oakland Raiders in 2004. There are multiple problems in multiple areas on this team, which are slowly being addressed by way of coaching staff. As fans, we're tired of making excuses for the offense. However, we do need to recognize that we have a subpar offensive line, hence hiring Mike Munchak. That is leading to subpar quarterback play. Point the blame at our exhausted shopping list of players at the position, if you wish. But I dare you to find a quarterback that would do well behind such a line not named Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Drew Brees. Throwing Drew Locke back there will not help long-term if you want to keep the kid around any longer than five years. This leads to questionable play, play from receiving and rushing. They have their moments when they look fantastic, flashes of brilliance. However, it's uninspiring on the whole. All of this is being run by a guy who is learning how to call games for the first time in his career. A guy who is working for another guy. A legend who's learning to call a full game from the field for the first time in his career. The defense seems to be riding on the ego of its former self as players adjust to a completely different style. And yet, it's still a team that, at 2-5, and five, could have easily have been 4-3. and three. Which gets me to the obstacle in our deep, dark ravine. I love Elway. We always will. I believe his stranglehold as a de facto general manager is holding back what this team will be down the road. I'm not calling for his job, but to rather step back and bring in a new general manager who will be able to work with all of these new pieces while being able to tell Elway to step off when necessary. Ultimately, what sank the Raiders into their their decade and a half of dis- decrepitude is a desire to win now knee-jerk to anything that doesn't work and not give a chance for anything to develop what must happen in order to quickly navigate this ravine and get back to our dominant ways it's not an easy answer but that's where we are and if our answer is wrong we might not be relevant until 2030 well
1: first of all it's going to be an uphill climb in the division because of Patrick Mahomes sitting there in Kansas City yep Probably for the next decade. Exactly. Until 2030. Yes. (laughs) So you have to evaluate that. The other thing is, what GM is going to be the one that tells John Elway to, quote, step off, unquote, (laughs) if Elway is over him? Yeah. That's not happening. No. So for the change you want, John Elway would have to leave on a full-time basis. Yeah. It's not a matter of being
0: a figurehead. He'd have to just leave. Yeah. I just... I. Right now, I don't see the figurehead role happening for John. I think he's where he is with all the power, or he's gone. And he wants to fix it. Yep.
1: What I find interesting is sometimes I think about Tom Landry in his last days. And he got fired by Jerry Jones right after Jerry bought the team in Dallas back in 1989. And one of the things Tom Landry said when he departed was he didn't want to leave the Cowboys when they were down because he felt like he was on his way to fixing them. And indeed, while you can justifiably point to the trade of Herschel Walker and all the draft picks that came in in 1989, halfway through Jimmy Johnson's first season on the job, as a crucial moment in the Cowboys' development, they already had some pieces in place. For example, they drafted Michael Irvin, In '88, what turned out to be Tom Landry's last draft, Mm. 1989, they'd already done their homework. As of late February, when the move to replace Landry with Jimmy Johnson happened, they knew they were drafting Troy Aikman. And in fact, it was Tom Landry's uh, a the other two thirds of the Dallas brain trust, Gil Brandt and Tex Schramm, that still ran that '89 draft for Dallas. So. You're, you get very prideful when you've been in a place for a long time. And even though Elway has only been the general manager for nine years, he, of course, played for the Broncos for <laughs> 16. <laughs> so that's 25 years yeah. of active involvement with the organization. Landry it was 29 as head coach of the Cowboys. So, of course, when you've seen the highs and now yeah. you're experiencing the lows, you don't want to leave on the low. Yep.
0: And he doesn't want to leave on the law. And he thinks he can <laughs> fix it. Exactly. Exactly. This next one coming in from the Manning Faced God it says, Hey guys, I just wanted to comment about something I heard on the pod yesterday about trading Vaughn. I 100% agree that he isn't playing as the same old Vaughn. There is no spark, there is no passion, and he's just not winning his matchups. But I don't think it's a great idea to trade him. With Bradley Chubb tra- tearing his ACL, how do we know he will come back as good as he was? I pray as a Broncos fan that he does come back the same way, but there's always the chance that he doesn't. Also, the dead money. The Broncos will take on. If you trade him will be significant. Also, I think he's worth at least one first rounder and a second rounder. And I doubt anyone will give that up. Most importantly, he is a Bronco legend in face of the franchise. I highly doubt this will sit well with the rest of Broncos country. Also, I think Emmanuel is going to San Francisco, as May said. They have the cap, the picks. They need a wide receiver. They are a winning team, and they have Elway's bud, John Lynch, to trade with them. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, San Francisco makes a lot of sense because the background now. I mean, I wouldn't dismiss Green Bay. I wouldn't dismiss New Orleans. I'd watch Carolina. Carolina for some of the same reasons as San Francisco. The question with Carolina is how close are they? But The other thing with Carolina to consider is that Ron Rivera and Marty Herney, their head coaching GM, walked into this season on a hot seat that reached scorching temperatures after that 0-2 02 start. It's cooled now. They think they have something with Kyle Allen. Are they willing to take it to the next level? Herney's made some interesting deals over the years. Of course, they picked up Jared Allen four games into the 2015 season. They traded Kelvin Benjamin away in 2017. Herney is traded future first round picks for second round picks that a second round pick that year. He did that 19 in 2009. He did the same to kind of trade with a second and third round pick in 2010. He'll make some, you could call them bold. I would call the draft pick deals head scratchers (laughs) to be kind, (laughs) but there's a potential to play. Let's make a deal uh, with some of these teams and, is kind of the under-the-radar candidate. That is interesting. But if I were betting on one possibility, I'm with you. I'd say San Francisco. Yep, Makes yep. the
0: most sense. And I'm I'm with you on that, Mace. And really quick on Vaughn, I think I, I have all the confidence in the world Bradley Chubb's going to come back from an ACL. It Nowadays, you rarely see those not go well. But also, let's say it doesn't, and I'm touching wood for, for it. But let's say he doesn't come back as strong as he could have. Vaughn Miller's not going to be able to help him throughout his career. Von Miller is not going to be with him for the next 10 years, regardless of whether you trade him or you keep him right now.
1: Yeah, so next question, moving on. This one is from NJ Bronco 85 Hello, fellas. It's gotten to the point where I can't even stomach weight. Watching an entire game anymore mm-hmm. is no longer something I look forward to. It seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. If Drew doesn't start a few games this season, it's a waste, as it's been pointed out. Flacco clearly Isn't the guy Brady has better mobility. Oh, (laughs) that's true (laughs) on a bright note though. I always look forward to the podcast and all, and all of you keep my spirits high. Thanks for being awesome and keep up the great work. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for the kind words. Yeah. NJ Bronco 85. We love you. And thank you for the comment.
1: Missouri Bronco actually responds to that saying, I can't watch any games because of where I live, but even if I lived in Denver, I don't know if I could watch. It seems regular game attendees agree. There was a lot of red in the stadium on Thursday. You know what? Even though the Browns are struggling, there's going to be a lot of Brown in the yes. stadium 12 days from now. Right before Cleveland comes in. And if Detroit gets back on track, they hit a little bit of a rough patch here, heartbreaking loss to Green Bay, and then they gave up 42 of the Vikings. But I think Detroit can get back on track. If Detroit is in playoff contention, there's going to be a lot of Honolulu Blue in the stands right before Christmas.
0: Mace, this is a conversation for maybe later this week, maybe tomorrow if Emmanuel isn't traded, but we got to go through the schedule and – Look at how many winnable games are left because you you pointed two of them out. The ones that people thought their Broncos are going to win, not so winnable, not as easy.
1: I had a conversation with an old, very knowledgeable friend yesterday on the phone for a while, and we basically looked at the road games in particular and said Mm. Indianapolis, Minnesota, Buffalo, Houston, Kansas City, all of those
0: teams have a pretty good shot of being playoff teams. Yep. It's it's rough. It's tough. Next one coming in from Otis Lockweather says, Hey, guys, I just want to piggyback on Mace's comment about Flacco's lack of fire. He's probably not any better, but if we had gotten Fitz magic this offseason, do you think our record would be different? Just style-wise, Fitzpatrick has swagger, tries to truck defensive backs, etc. Seems polar opposite of Flacco and just thought it would be fun to hear your thoughts. Thanks, dudes.
1: Well... I mean, Fitzmagic has made some mistakes this year, three touchdowns, five picks. You have to consider what he's working with in Miami right now, which is not a heck of a lot. Um, But one of the things we've talked about is that Ryan Fitzpatrick cost the Dolphins $5 million. So you could have taken the difference and gotten, say, Quan Alexander Mm. at linebacker. (laughs) And Quan Alexander at linebacker instead of Corey Nelson, Josie Jewell early in the season – Frankly, I think you're talking about at least one more win, maybe two more wins, if you have Fitzpatrick, because I think his play in this scheme, it might have been less consistent, but it would have ended in the same spot as Joe Flacco's. Right, right. But your linebacking core, which didn't find its footing until you put Alexander Johnson in there, would have been a lot better with Quan Alexander. Yeah, and that's why I keep pointing to that. Right. It's not simply about saying, oh, you have Fitzpatrick instead of Flacco. It's what you do with the savings and what would have been a wiser expenditure of cap resources, which are finite.
0: Fitzpatrick's highs would have been much higher than Joe Flacco's this season, and his lows would have been lower. So maybe instead of just losing to the Bears, you, the Bears beat you handily. But then— Fitzpatrick has a game that a game that you probably shouldn't have won, or Jacksonville, that you win because he elevates it. I would say of the Raiders, Bears,
1: and Jaguars games, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you win two of those three. I don't know which two. Again, all over the place, but you win two of those three. But with him and also with Quan Alexander at linebacker.
0: Right. Yeah, that would have been. And then
1: you're sitting there at four and three instead of two and five. And you have a completely different feeling about this. I don't know if it would have prevented a blowout.
0: (laughs) Well, against
1: Kansas let me rephrase that. (laughs) Fitzpatrick will get away. He's not the most mobile quarterback, but he will take off and run. I think he would have kept some plays alive. And I certainly don't think he would have been going back to the sideline and sitting by himself. I I don't think so. I don't think he would have been sacked eight times either. No, I don't (laughs) think so either. Bumpy Buffalo, a few ideas for quarterback play from here on. Number one, play Allen. Never going to happen. Elway Elway already has too much egg on his face. Number two, trade Sanders and Flacco (laughs) for the Pats' backup. They have to be good. Two of them are starting for division-leading teams. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, your thoughts? Yep. (laughs) Number three, Mr. B. Number four, put Kreider in its center and put Flacco 20 yards back, and maybe he will have two seconds to throw. Plus, then even a screen looks like a deep ball. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, and my favorite, Wildcat with Jano at quarterback run the triple option. If there's a receiver open, I think he could hit them. If not, roll out. If it's there, he can run, or if not, pitch to
0: fill, and then you have your Jano quarterback out blocking. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Cheers. What would a Jano Wildcat formation be called? Um, I think I heard in the press box, someone said it could be called the wild hog, wild
1: hog, or if you're sticking with the cat thing, he's a bigger guy. So I call it the Garfield, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> although Garfield's more fat than, <laughs> than stacked.
0: So what's a strong cat? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a lion or something, man. That that's good. That's good. Oh, next one's my for turn. You. Count Flacula. The anti-flaxers crack me
1: up. <laughs> Joe is but a pawn in John's demented game of trying to make gold from straw. John is drinking his own damn Kool-Aid. By the way, I have to interject this. You know the reference of drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Mm-hmm. goes back to Jonestown, 1978.
0: I always thought it was a shame for Kool-Aid because they didn't drink Kool-Aid, they drink Flavor-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so flavor got the wrong end of the stick? Yeah, but then, would you want that sort of advertising? Probably not, no. Anyway,
1: he's power-mad, fighting the death throes as the orange sun sets behind his once-blue mountains. The architect has gone bonkers and continues to attempt to build sun-searching pyramids out of wax. Our once-faithful leader must be deposed, but who will dethrone him? Take to the streets, Broncos fans. Create a fracas on every corner until the entire rabble of this city stops buying jerseys and tickets and airport trinkets with a 90s-era over-stylized horse head festooned upon them as if they were the Roman Eagle. The life of this team's <laughs> in your hands, man. This aggression
0: from our brass will not stand. Love the Count. <laughs> oh, man. There's not much better than Mace reading Count's comments. Oh, my gosh. That's... <laughs> out of control and we love you count. We do. We do. Next one coming in from flying Kiwi says, A R Z and Mace first. Thank you for your continued fantastic Broncos coverage. It means a lot to us overseas fans who can't watch all the games because they're doing business hours. The increased heat that Skanks has received this week has taken me back to the thought I had after week one this year in that since Peyton retired, the Broncos have had to have four offensive coordinators, all of whom have produced an almost identical predictable dull and completely completely uninspired offense for the past two preseasons we were told to expect a more creative offense first under Musgrave last year and then again with Skangs this year but seemingly nothing has changed both years the only common factor across all four seasons is Elway is this a case of John wielding too much influence and not letting the coaches have ...brought in what they were paid to do. Secondly, admittedly, I am torn when it comes to the ongoing ownership lawsuit. From all reports, Brittany Boland seems the best option to assume the ownership mantle in the near future... ...and keep the current trustees in place looks to be the best way to achieve that. However, I have no doubt whatsoever that the trustees are not acting in the best interest of their beneficiaries. Allowing Elway to have absolute power over the football operations of this organization... ...and seemingly not be accountable to anyone is a huge failure of corporate governance... And the and is the underlying reason why this organization seemingly has no plan or direction beyond who they are playing next week. It will be interesting to see how this progresses in the courts on a more positive note, Developments in my work have meant that I have had to frequently travel to Singapore this year, and the food there is absolutely incredible. There are endless choices of rice and noodle-based dishes, as well as dumplings and dim sum. Mm. I don't think I will ever get around to being able to try everything. My favorite dish so far is the chili mud crab, though. It's a massive crab cooked in a thick chili tomato paste. Amazing. I need to do more traveling in Asia. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome
0: Awesome. That does sound amazing. I love
1: dim. I love dim sum. I've had it over here. There's actually a, my favorite restaurant in San Francisco is a dim sum mm. place. It's literally only open for lunch most days. That in sounds the like the district. most authentic. Yeah, and it was just it incredible. Mm. I mean, I, that was one of the meals of a lifetime that I've had. Well, John Elway wielding too much influence. Your thoughts?
0: He once it his way and with the offense that's why i think i want it that (laughs) way exactly and Skangs is his way that is that way is what he wants and that's why i don't see there being five offensive coordinators in five years i think as bad as the offense has been fans are going to be calling for Skangs. fans are going to be calling for massive change i think they stick with skangrello at least for the beginning of next year?
1: I think so as well. But, man, I don't
0: know. (laughs) I mean, if if they really do, they're on track to finish about four and a half wins, so between four and five wins. If they do finish four and 12, I mean, head's got to roll, right? Four and 12 means you're...
1: Two and seven in your last or two and eight in your last nine. Um I'm starting to think four and twelve means you just have to restart everything.
0: Including John? Probably. That would be enough for Joe to say <laughs> something's gotta change. You'd have
1: to massage it properly, but yeah. I think four and twelve you have to start over.
0: Wow. And I thought next next off season was gonna be calmer than this one. Maybe. No.
1: <laughs> I feel bad for Vic Fangio. Now, obviously he knew what he was getting into coming here. But I don't think he
0: sold on this offensive scheme at all. I uh, I don't either. And like like we said yesterday, I think part of the job was him saying yes to we'll hire this type of offensive guy.
1: Exactly, but best teams that Vic Fangio has been on in the last decade didn't have this offense, didn't yep. have this style of quarterback. Yep. They had quarterbacks who could move. Yep. <laughs> and by yep. the way, one of those quarterbacks is out there on the market. I'm just saying. I mean, I know he hasn't played in three years, but uh, who? Colin Kaepernick. Oh, he certainly is. When
0: Vic was certainly in San is. Francisco, he saw how that sort of offense could work and get you all the way to a Super Bowl. And we know how John would respond to a question about that now. He'd say, Colin had his chance here. Yeah, he had his chance if he took a pay cut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. I mean, come on. (laughs) Come on.
1: Missouri Bronco. Hello, everyone. Dragged my feet on subscribing, but decided to jump in after you guys exhibited more fire following the (laughs) abysmal loss in the team. So glad Mace joined the potty can share his opinions more freely. And who doesn't love that? Good point. This is easily the worst Broncos team I have seen in my 20 years, and my dad says the same. Mm. As a fan who lives about 90 miles north of Kansas City, this eight game, soon to be nine, losing streak enrages me. You can imagine the grief I get from my friends. Without Sunday ticket, I can't even watch my team except in primetime when we get shellacked. Alas, it seems our brass is not in any rush to find someone who can compete with Patty Cake Mahomes. And in my opinion, every game without seeing Drew Locke is a game wasted. Throw him in as soon as possible because he needs experience and will probably have to be behind a crap offensive line anyways. You know, a lot of young quarterbacks over the years who were successful started behind crap offensive lines. Hmm. I'll interject that. I talked about the Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson. Troy Aikman, when he started, that line was brutal. Hmm. But he had enough mental fortitude to see it through eventually became a Hall of Famer. I'm Mm. just saying. Mm. I wholeheartedly share RK's sentiment on the lack of fire. It's the number one issue with this team. Where I come from, if the quarterback was acting like Flacco, he'd get a very stern talk with the coach, if not benched. However, the young guys have some juice, and I can't wait to see them wreak havoc on the league. If only our front office could be competent enough to help see that through. So many more things to talk about, but I'll stop here. I hope I'll be able to make it out to Denver for a game sometime in tailgate, but I'm also a broke college student looking forward to
0: a damn good Hot. <laughs> well, when you do, we'll have some damn good beer for you at a damn good tailgate. So make sure you let us know if you're able to make it out, Missouri Bronco, for, for any of these games. And this reminds me, a perfect time to tell you about the fun little deal that we have going on. Started yesterday over at DNVR. We are all in a competition amongst ourselves. Mace and I are on the same team, kind of. We're also going against each other, and it is trying to get the most members, and trying to grow our family as big as we can here. So we want you to be a part of this. And this is how you get your comments read on the pod, is become a member with us at DNVR. And you not only can get your comments read on this pod, ask any questions you want, but you get a free t-shirt, and we have some awesome ones out there. It's a free t-shirt of your choice. And so the way to support us And the Broncos beat is by using one of our codes. RK is not here, but I'll give him a shout-out. Use his code. Well, don't use his code, but that's his code. Mace. (laughs) M-A-S-C. Simple. Mace. And, of course, the guy that needs the most help here, Zach. Z-A-C. Use those codes when you uh, become a member with us, and it helps us out. It helps us individually out, but it also helps the Broncos group. And you know what? What would it say about... The Broncos
1: group, whether you go with RK, Zach, or me, if the most subscriptions come from fans of the team that is mm. in the world of soccer. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. You want to make
1: sure and say, hey, this is still a Broncos town.
0: Subscribe. Man, how demoralizing would that be for the other beats? The Avs are on the The Aves are having the best start in franchise history. The, the Nuggets, Nuggets have, have as buzz. much optimism. <laughs> yes. uh, and the Rockies really have no hope. But Let's, let's beat those other two teams, so RK, Mace, or Zach, and let's get at it, and let me tell you about Denver Rubber Company, because we ask you to support us, a local company, we support you guys, and this is another local business, and you know we're all about supporting the local companies, and we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and It may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses drc offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries including aerospace pharmaceutical construction medical military electronics and so much more they're an iso certified company that will work with you from design to final product that is both cost effective and will meet your requirements if you're in need of some custom design material selection for your project or have a deadline to make for a large order. Do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. And guys, they had us out at their facility two weeks ago. They are awesome. Uh, it's it's awesome to work with these guys. Fantastic customer service. So make sure you give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010. That's one 1-800- 800 two five nine zero zero one zero or visit them at drcfirst dot slash DNVR and make sure you tell them who sent you.
1: Exactly and of course Denver Rubber Company other sponsor they support this podcast they make it possible yep. we thank you DRC and to all of us who all of you who are helping bring these podcasts to you on a daily basis. Moving on to Iceman's comment here. Hey boys love you three and like mace I hope you two also had a great weekend. See you try to get six wins I had a 13-point comment I wrote down, but it went into the round file. I did research to back up this separate point, but I won't bore you guys with it. The Broncos are only two games out of the last AFC wildcard, 6th place, but after the Chefs, it's probably unattainable without Drew. Go Zoomies, nice win on Oahu. FYI, the Nuggets will be on Channel 20 until Cable Satellite is resolved. They'll also be on ESPN in two nights.
0: Yes, good thing that at least something is going to be on TV, and they resolve that. Weird that the Avs weren't included in that then sunny rain says iceman i think we'll have to wait a while for another buffs win try (laughs) september 5th 2020 at csu no they're not going to beat ucla or ucla or stanford this season is toast sorry boy funny how back-to-back seasons it started so good for the buffs and then just came crashing down i guess not funny sad yeah is, is the right word well funny to csu people (laughs)
1: exactly funny to air force people air force look air force is the best team in the state playing football without
0: without a doubt (laughs) with it without a doubt
1: next i'll I'll wear my uh zoomies gear for one of these podcasts because
0: that's the team i football wise that's the college team i support in this state is air force Mm, so i love that i love that we got ryan with cu i'm a uh an adopted CSU fan, and we got an Air Force fan. Love it. Next one coming in from Jewel Flacco says Bulls was literally holding someone after we drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> we should have seen this coming. Oh. Uh, but he didn't put his arms up quickly and say, What? Me? What?
1: Oh. Oh, we got, got a chub for Vaughn. Bit late, but I will give you my two highlights from Thursday night's game. Number one Justin Simmons' play is where we expected to be last year. He is the fire and life of that defense. Number two, the bolo tie that Ryan was rocking was straight fire. Mad respect, Mm -hmm. my dude. Mm -hmm. Would just like to give a quick shout out to the DNVR community on the kind words for my fiance's Broncos cake she made. Cheers, guys.
0: Yeah, so, so awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. And you're right. Justin Simmons has taken that step forward. It's unfortunate it had to come after taking a step back last year, but he's progressing in the right way. Next one coming in from Sunny Rain. Picturing Flacco as a dog that can no longer hop on the bed is so sad. I about fell out of my chair laughing. P- uh, p- peanut butter and jellies dunked in milk? Potato chips in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? 30 straight days of nothing but pb and J. couldn't do any of it. But since you guys are so hardcore, why not? Tis the season by dipping that potato chip PB&J sandwich in some cognac or whiskey eggnog. (laughs) Watch someone will do it and swear it's the bomb. Eggnog is disgusting. Oh, no. No. Oh, Ryan, I think, feels that way as well. It just has a weird flavor. And no amount of whiskey or bourbon or anything (laughs) you put in it can make it better. I Well, I agree with the last point. I don't. I think you mess with the texture. I love the thick texture of it. And when you water it down, then it's just not eggnog anymore. Yeah, (laughs) I've never liked eggnog. Uh, uh, Never. It's it's like melted ice cream.
1: No, but it's eggnog flavor ice cream, and the eggnog flavor is terrible. It's not like it's melting. If you melted vanilla ice cream, I'm here for that. Mm. But you're not. You're melting whatever eggnog ice cream (laughs) would be.
0: I don't like thinking about how eggnog has eggs in it, but I like the flavor. It tastes medicine to me. <laughs> I don't know
1: why. Dan Burke, number one, agree with you, Mace. The Patriots aren't rivals of the Broncos anymore. In fact, Kansas City and New England is a bigger rivalry. My hatred for KC means that I will root for New England in every single one of those matchups. Yep. Number two, agree with Zach, I think, that Scangarello doesn't seem like Vic's guy. It seems obvious that Elway regretted missing on Shanahan and wanted to recreate that offense. Do y'all think that, like VJ did in 2018, Vic will be able to get his guys on the coaching staff next year? I think McMahon is definitely gone. One of Vic's childhood friends, Joe Marciano, was an experienced NFL special teams coordinator, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in. I'm all for continuity with the offense, and Scangarello deserves the rest of the season and some games with Locke to showcase a little something, but I'm expecting Vic to go with a veteran OC next year. Number three, Mr. B. Number four, I was thinking about what would happen if the Broncos had an all-out Dolphins-esque fire sale. Tell me if y'all would entertain these hypothetical and unrealistic trades for our lifeboat players. A. Detroit calls and tells you they'll trade Matthew Stafford, but they want Drew Locke, a guy they really liked in the draft, and a 2022nd rounder.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Makes you better right now. That's it.
1: Dallas calls and say they want Justin Simmons and will give you Kydoby a Wozier and a fourth.
0: How good is a Because I'm just surrounded by Ryan who tells me he's Scott. I think He's pretty good. Then yeah, I do it. Okay.
1: Baltimore calls and says they want Von Miller and they'll give you Old Man Hayden Hurst in a second rounder. No. Mm. Mark Andrews. Mm. <laughs> if you're interested in Von Miller, let's uh, let's make it dealer. <laughs> Number f- D, Philly calls and says they want Cortland Sutton, and they'll give you J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and a second rounder. No. No. E, Buffalo calls and says they want Philip Lindsay and they'll give you Devin Singletary and a third rounder.
0: After you trade Emmanuel, taking away mm-hmm. dynamic, no.
1: Yeah, okay. F, Minnesota calls and says they want Reisner, and they'll give you McKenzie Alexander and <laughs> a third.
0: No! <laughs> No! I, I thought it was going to say Isaiah McKenzie. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, no. No, definitely not.
1: The Marciano thing is interesting. And I, I've seen his work going back to Tampa Bay in the 1990s. Good special teams coordinator. And with Tom McMahon, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. But at the same time, that fake punt, man, that was awful design. Tom McMahon's now responsible for... Maybe two of the worst fake punts of all time because it, he had that infamous Tech Mobile blow up play
0: four years ago where he had
1: three men over the the
0: center and the punter. It was, it was as bad as could be, and that's where I think not necessarily scapegoat because special teams isn't playing well, so it would be justified. But that's where I can see a change coming. It's not going to come with defensive coordinator. And right now, I don't think it's going to come with offense. And I don't coordinate.
1: think they happen during the season either. Right. I think after the season. Right.
0: So. Because you realize where you are, and yeah. then you just make changes after.
1: Dan Burke, more from him. Also on the subject of the Patriots, did anyone see Brady talk to DT before the Jets game and give him something? No idea what was in that box, LOL, after DT says time with the Patriots was a waste of time. Classy move by Brady. Now the rivalry is dead between us and the Pats. I can appreciate the things he does without gritting my teeth, LOL. Also, this comment is never-ending, but I've got a lot to say today. (laughs) Does Sanu getting a second increase the likelihood of Sanders getting a two? Sanders is the better player, but Sanu is younger and health is less of a concern.
0: And as we've talked about and as Mace pointed out, it's also the contract that, that really makes him more valuable.
1: I mean, I'm actually encouraged because now I feel like, okay, Sanders is more productive, but he's got a shorter contract. They're roughly the same age, 30, 31, so they're basically in that same ballpark. I'm encouraged now that you can get a three, and I wasn't sure about that. Now I'd be disappointed if it's any less than a third-round pick that you get back for Sanders.
0: Yep, I, I completely agree. And Spacebar chimed in and said, just saw this trade to the Patriots. I wonder if they tried to get Sanders for a second, and the Broncos did not want to do that trade. I That would be shameful on the Broncos if that was the case. Yes. Um, I also heard that the 49ers were very much in the Sanu trade conversation, so now that just makes Mace's mm-hmm. point even more valid that – Go on to Emmanuel Sanders. They're the favorites. Yep. Yep, next one coming in from Mark S. He says, Aloha, RK, Zach, and Mace. I'll get right to my comment quickly, so I have time to share an important cause with you and the community. Love to hear it, uh, Mark. First, I welcome the news that management is listening to offers for Emmanuel. To not parlay him into draft capital for the team's future will be a missed opportunity. Thanks for being our voice of reason in these trying times. Now, on to the cause I wanted to share. Veterans Day is coming soon, and my dad and thousands of other veterans of his era are facing an important issue in Washington, D.C., there are two bills in Congress that could have a that could correct a grave oversight pertaining to servicemen and women who served in the, on U.S. Air Force bases in Thailand during the Vietnam War. Many of these vets were exposed to toxic herbicides, aka Agent Orange, while living and working on base. These defoilants were used to clear way clear away the brush around the U.S. Air Force bases in the region and, in some cases, within the base itself. For years since the war, these vets have been denied health care or even acknowledgement that their condition is a result of their service. Long story short, at this moment, there is an active Twitter lobby campaign urging members of Congress to support bills HR 2201 and S1381 to correct the current laws so that presumption of exposure to toxic, a.k.a. Agent Orange, applies to all vets who sacrificed and served on the U.S. Air Force bases in Thailand. So, if you have a moment, it would be greatly appreciated if you could retweet, like, follow, etc. My recent tweets to Congress about supporting these bills. My Twitter handle is MarkS808, and you can look for my recent post to Congress with a photo of my dad in uniform carrying me as a toddler. There is a hashtag... Hashtag Operation Orange Envelope on that tweet as part of the campaign on behalf of my father, my family, and all the Thailand-based U.S. veterans still suffering and battling. Thank you very much for listening and any help to support the social media lobby campaign to the to the U.S. representatives and senators. Thanks for the sorry for the long post, everyone, and thanks again, Mark in Hawaii. Mark, that is awesome. Thank you for reaching out. I'll be sure to jump on Twitter right after this.
1: Absolutely, and uh, and also thank uh, your father and everyone for. Uh, uh, their service absolutely and w- without again a they doubt. shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to go through this i'm right there with you mark on this uh bronco matt hey guys when drew Locke was placed on ir i left a comment that i think he will never play a game as a bronco i also had a sinking feeling that this season would end up this way however i think that elway has become like a sickly di- dictator like the mad king in game of thrones he can no longer see reason how likely do you think it is that Locke never plays for the Broncos? Before you say it's crazy, look at all of Elway's moves since Super Bowl 50. It's a path of self-implosion and self-destruction self-destru- masked as win now. Have a wonderful Tuesday. I
0: don't know if you can have a wonderful Tuesday. After all that, wow. Bronco Matt, I remember when you commented this, and I'm pretty sure I called you crazy then, but now I don't think that – I wouldn't put my money on that happening. I still think we do see Drew Locke play at some point in his career with the Broncos, but let's say the Broncos dig their heels in or they get one or two wins and they think they're competitive and they ride Joe Flacco out the rest of the season. And then they realize that behind the scenes, they realize Drew Locke's not the guy. Then, I mean, I I see a path for Drew Locke never playing.
1: You know what? A winning streak right now will be the worst possible yep, thing. Like without two, a doubt. Two wins going into the bye. Do you you Ugh. follow baseball, right? Yep. Okay. Remember how the San Francisco Giants got hot yep. in July? Yep. And they they made a couple of trades, but they pulled themselves off the market for others thinking, hey, we're hot. They had the winning streak at the worst possible time, right, for the <laughs> yep. trade deadline yep. because it diluted them. Yep. The Broncos need to stop fooling themselves. Yes. Look, if there's a good offer for Emmanuel Sanders today, take it.
0: Oh, Don't, don't wait.
1: wait for the Colts game. If you're sellers today, you're sellers next week.
0: Yes. One
1: game shouldn't change that. I completely, completely agree. Don't be foolish. That's all I'm asking. Don't be foolish. If you are... Willing to sell today, then one win to get you to 3-5, and does that change the arc? No. Your seller's today. Your seller's next week. So if you get the offer you want today, just do it.
0: And that's why, in the end, getting blown out by Kansas City in the fashion they did. At home on primetime without Mahomes without Mahomes and without Kansas City their, their injury report was awful yeah. going into that what were they without five key starters four key starters the entire
1: left side of their offensive oh. line they were without Chris Jones
0: they you know they were without Kendall Fuller maybe Didn't that shows the Broncos okay maybe really John Elway wow we're far away if they would have just lost to the Chiefs, then John probably is thinking, well, if we can get to 3-5 and five and then 4-5 and five before the bye, we're back, baby. Yeah, you're not back. <laughs> AZ
1: Broncos won. Joe needs to go. To me, it looks like age has caught up with him, but unlike Peyton, who still had the mental fortitude to play, but his body was failing him. With Flacco, the game seems to be happening too fast for him to process. I understand I'm not hating on Flacco, but he
0: needs to retire. You do wonder what his next step will be in his career. Will he... Want to take $6 million to be a backup for the next six years? Or will he just say, How many kids does he have? Six, five? It's
1: a (laughs) lot of college tuitions. But then again, (laughs) he made enough on his last contract to where he should be fine. But he's still got time left on this contract. And of course, the Broncos will have some dead money because they kicked the can down the road (laughs) as they have been doing way too often. Whatever happened to pay as you go? When Uh. things were working around here, 2014, 2015. They were all about the pay as you go. Yep. And as they have slowly, truly really true, sunk into the world of suck. <laughs> they've gotten away from that discipline. Yep. Because they've been desperate. They've been chasing, "Oh, let's restructure this. Let's do that." No, no. Stop playing these salary cap games.
0: Yep. Get
1: back to what worked. Yep. Even though, yeah, you might be sacrificing talent right now, but what are you clinging to here? You're about to have your third straight losing season, your fourth straight
0: year out out of the playoffs. Stop kicking the can down the road. Completely agree. Next one coming in from Lone Star Bronco. He says, the more my football knowledge broadens, the more disappointed in LA I become. I was naive, but we should have all seen the writing on the wall. One, attempt to force Peyton Manning under center. Why? Two, draft Paxton for an under center offense. Why? Three, Mr. B. Four, the overall reaction reaction nature since Super Bowl f- 20- 50. Big contracts for Chris Harris Jr. Brandon Marshall simply because they there wasn't another plan in place. 5. Flacco is garbage. 6. McChesney nailed the Bulls take. 7. Noah Fant is now Noah can't until he can prove otherwise. 8. Play to player strengths. Anyone who's played mad knows a screen here and there would help any pass rush and might give Noah can't some yards after catching confidence. 9. Flacco this whole season Flacco is now a verb interchangeable for fornication. So would you say it's good or bad to be flaccinated? <laughs> By
1: the way, I think he meant C.J. Anderson. Oh, C.J. Con- remember yep. matching yep. the Dolphins offer as a restricted free agent? You're right. Yep. Um, the under center thing. I go back to last year at the Scouting Combine. John Elway talking about how... He believes a quarterback should be under center and how a short quarterback can't work under center, and needs to work in <laughs> the shotgun. The combination of comments there, if you're a Bronco fan, that should have just sunk your heart. Yep. Because that's clinging to the past right there.
0: And it doesn't give you much hope for the future either, in terms of what direction they're going to go.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's depressing. And just think of what you're closing your eyes to. By the way, um, I guess Jack Del Rio was on the Adam Schefter podcast okay, talking about <laughs> the 2012 draft mm. and mentioned to Adam Schefter that Elway liked everything about Russell Wilson except that he was too short. <gasps> but here's the thing. Every quarterback <laughs> but Andrew Luck in the last decade has had a yeah but. What's a bigger right. yeah but? Uh, The fact that a guy is 5'11", or the fact that a guy has some major mechanical flaw in his delivery or his base, or a quarterback doesn't feel the pass rush. Give me 5'11 all day. Exactly. I think if you're making the height, the characteristic on which you're eliminating quarterback, but major fundamental flaws in their delivery and their mechanics aren't the caveat that you have, then you're doing it wrong. You're absolutely doing it wrong. Without a doubt. Sorry. With, without a doubt. That's my soapbox. Broncos squared. Hey, gang, a couple of questions popped into my head after yesterday's pod. Number one, one, with so many players looking forward to playing the Chiefs, where was the disconnect? Where was the bulletin board material of losing seven straight games to them? I can't even begin to understand how they got so hyped, but didn't show up for game day.
0: I don't I don't have an answer.
1: Some days you're the dog, some days you're the tree. <laughs> you're right. In the words of former college basketball coach Seth Greenberg now with ESPN uh, that's you know some days you just get kicked yep and also the Chiefs had a better game plan and they were jacked too so yep Two, does Joe Flacco know that Audible isn't just an audiobook subscription? (laughs) Maybe he uses that most since he can't read the defense. (laughs) Or maybe I just don't notice when he audibles in the game. Is it the skill to audible like Peyton freaking Manning and a a generational type of skill? Or should every veteran quarterback know how to do it? Lastly, the ebb and flow of calling for Elway's job cracks me up. It should be a drinking game at this point. (laughs) We win and he's a genius at recent drafts and getting undrafted talent. We lose and he sucks at drafting and building a team. SSDD. Anyway, thanks for all the work you guys put in to keep us Bronco crazy, sane, and stable. There's a pun for you, RK.
0: Oh, we nice. love you, Bronco Square. Thanks for chiming in. Next one coming in from Bronco Nug says, Can you guys explain why we restructured Flacco's contract now? To me, it makes no sense, and now we have to carry cap room over to next year. I wonder if Elway did this, so we have to keep Flacco next year. I think it's getting to the point where Elway needs to go and Manning needs to come in. It was all about potentially re-signing Justin Simmons and already
1: re-signing Andy Jan and kicking a little bit of that to this year. Look, I'll say this. On the accounting of it, because you have cap carryover, doesn't really make a difference. Right. By kicking the can down the road a little bit, it's just the perception of it. The fact that if you move on from Joe Flacco, you're sitting there with dead money. And you had the easiest deal because you could have literally cut him at any time. (laughs) Yep. At any point, and you would have been out. That's and that flexibility I thought was the biggest value of the Joe Flacco contract. And yep. you napalm that. <laughs> Why, yeah.
0: yep, it, it was that is a as team friendly of a deal as you can ever imagine. Yes, until the team said, Well, oh, we want to mess with it, but they were confident that Joe Flacco was the guy. They were, they were. Okay. Next one coming in from World of Sucks says, From here on out. I'm rooting for the Chargers. If we end last in the division, we ensure that Miami, Cincinnati, and probably Tennessee will be on our schedule next year. Those are winnable games for the team to start bouncing back next season. Plus, those matchups could very well feature Locke versus Tua and Locke versus Burrow. Well, Miami is on the schedule
1: no matter what. Miami will come here to Denver for a game next year because the, Bron- the Broncos – are partnered with the AFC East in the schedule mm. rotation. So Buffalo and Miami are here. The Broncos have to go play at the Jets and at the Patriots. Oh,
0: joy. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tom will be retired or with the Broncos next year. Get to see Sam Darnold again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone is down
1: on him now, but he's already beaten the Broncos once. Oh, no. wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Lock versus Tua and Lock versus Burrow. That'd be fun. Hmm. You know...
0: If Drew Locke isn't the guy, I like Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I like Joe Burrow a lot. Mm-hmm. If you like him, then I like him. You got the. It, you have a huge smile on your face just thinking okay. about Joe Burrow. All I right, I love it. I love it every so
1: often. To quote political commentator Chris Matthews. <laughs> got a throw up my leg watching a quarterback. I gotta <laughs> throw up my leg watching <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and finally from Chivalicious, let's play a game. Odds are Flacco is sat for lock in week eleven. So week eleven would be the Vikings game. Okay. So what are you what are you
0: odds on that? <sighs> I don't like it. I don't think it happens until the Charger game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give December. it 30% because the reason why I give it 30% is because you have a bye week leading up to it. But I still – oh, man, you're setting them up for some real tough games.
1: Okay. Odds that Joe Flacco finishes his, his contract with the Broncos.
0: Oh, one 1%. Less yeah. than 1%. Because that contract
1: does <laughs> go through 20, 2021. Yeah. And, of course, they've kicked the bonus to 2022 and 2023. <laughs> what you're counting on there is you're a huge boost in television and streaming contracts. But you know what? Right. That means the salary cap's going to go up. That means everyone's cost is going to yep, go up. Exactly. So you're still paying for it. Yep, exactly. Again, it's just all about kicking the can down the road. Yep. Odds are that Elway's finished his contract.
0: Two more years after this year?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, seventy percent.
1: Yeah, I think he finishes it out. Yeah, I think he. They want him to get the team through the lockout. I think so. If it happens. Yep. Odds are that we consider a quarterback in the first round. 50%? 50%. Yeah. Consider, yeah, consider right,
0: fifty percent. Fifty percent. Yeah.
1: Consider. Consider fifty. Right. And th- that's literally based on whether you get Drew Lock out there. Right. Odds are that Vaughn is traded. Uh, five. I'd say like right now. 1%. Yeah, it's He's not going doesn't anywhere. look like it. Odds are that a coach that is fired before the end of the season.
0: Uh, 20,
1: 20%? Like a coach on the staff?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking coordinator, and the only one that I'm thinking is McMahon, if things go catastrophic. But like you said, Mace, I, d- I don't even think it happens during the season. I'd
1: say 10%. Yeah. I don't think anything like that is happening. So I agree. There you go. Is that it? think so, unless we've uh, got—did we get one in under the wire here? Although, we're under the wire, too. we got to get down to the valley <laughs>
0: Exactly. Here. So, mm-hmm. if we happen to miss one, make sure you just re-comment it on tomorrow's Oh, we got plot. one more. I'll just oh, read it really we? quick.
1: From Pig Tosser 66 some thoughts, questions I have moving forward. Let me know what you guys think. Number one, sign Justin Simmons to an extension. Now he's a Fangio fit. What are we waiting for? Isn't the ability to extend our own guys the only reason we restructure the Flacco deal? Yes! <laughs> yep. Exactly. Number two, Holding, number 72, cannot see the field again if the coaches are to maintain any credibility and keep the respect of the team. Couldn't agree with you more. Pick and, wouldn't,
0: and wouldn't be surprised if we see a change.
1: Right. And I think that change would be Jawan James right tackle and Elijah Wilkinson left tackle. Yep. Number three, Mr. B. Number four, if Drew Locke isn't one of the two players chosen to bring back from IR, should he always be fired? To me, that would show blatant incompetence. Well, what if it's Vic Fangio? Right. Who isn't blocking him? Or Rick Gangarello? Right. Number five, Fant looks like he might need to hit up Vaughn's vision for some specs. The pick does not look good. Hopefully, Locke saves Elway on this pick by balling out. Six, do you think a second and third would be enough to get Trent Williams away from Washington? We cannot go into the offseason forced to find a starting left tackle. Look how that turned out last time. I trade almost anything but our first for him at this point. Not worrying about left tackle changes everything.
0: It'd i nice I'm not to have that trading that
1: kind of draft capital with this team where it is, though. Ex- I'm sorry. Exactly. At number seven, do you think San Francisco would trade Nick Mullins in a fourth or fifth for Emmanuel Sanders? They carry three quarterbacks and still have C.J. Bethard. Locke, of course, gets his shot this year, but let's keep stockpiling on quarterbacks until we are sure we have the guy. Mullins showed enough success last year as a rookie with Scangarello to be in I'd rather have the third okay, than the fourth or
0: fifth-plus Mullins. There's a reason Mullins has to be the third quarterback, right? I yeah. mean, the team that knows him the best is saying he's our third string. Yeah, I agree. There's a reason for that. Unless Gangarello is pounding the table saying, I have no idea what Kyle Shanahan is doing. I'll
1: say this. What if it's a third-round pick? You have a lot of teams offering threes, and maybe you're thinking San Francisco's three is going to be in the 90s because they're looking like they should at least go to the conference championship game. I would take Nick Mullins as a sweetener.
0: Yep, I certainly would as well. Might as well. I mean, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying, Pick Tosser, and that's kind of how it boils down to is if j- j- just get another. But my fear in. is that they would get Nick Mullins and they'd say Drew Locke's
1: not gonna play. No, 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 no you can't do that. You can't. You, you can't.
0: You can't. I might that. have a stroke on air yeah. if that happens. Yeah, you you absolutely can't do that, and. On that note, what 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 a what a great way to end this with some fire, some energy to get you through this Tuesday. Thank you so much for rolling with us today. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing. And above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me as well as my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives.
0: For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free
1: teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention
0: BSN Denver. See how beauty can scare you that never-ending neon mess of life